Welcome, 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 everybody. Good to have everybody back in the Football Scoop Podcast. Once again, I'm joined by our college football expert, Zach Arnett, John Bryce. We are here today for one topic, one topic only. It's USC. Um, at some point, it was going to happen. It happened yesterday. Clay Helton has been let go. Uh, they moved Dante Williams into the, the interim chair for the rest of the season while Mike Bowen goes out and finds the next leader for the Trojans. It's a fascinating search. Uh, it's one that will be talked about everywhere in the world for the next two months. Um, and with that, there's no reason to tee it up much more. I would just want to dive straight into the candidates, talk about what makes sense, what doesn't make sense, what we're hearing already. Um, and then we'll keep you guys posted as we go. There's going to be a lot of chatter on this one. Zach, you want to run us through a list of guys and we'll just bounce back, feedback, what we know, what we think? Yeah, uh, I thought that's the perfect way to uh, discuss where we are in this opening right now. Uh, going off our list that John wrote for us uh, last night and then other names that are uh, percolating out there, let's dive into it. First name on our list, Bill O'Brien. Why would he or would he not make sense for USC? Um, I think for, for USC and Bill O'Brien, he's interested. He wants to be a head coach again. He took the Alabama job with that process in mind. He showed what he could do at Penn State um, under much tougher circumstances than what whomever is going to inherit at USC. And with a much more built-in talent base, he has that pro experience, that kind of panache, I think, that would help sell in LA. So for those reasons, I think Bill O'Brien would be a fit in Los Angeles. He's not the most warm and fuzzy guy. You don't see him really marketing a program. Uh, but if you win in L.A., the lights are bright enough. You don't have to do a whole lot of marketing. Everybody does it for you. I, I would add it's probably a little early to be ruling anyone out. Uh, you never know what's going to drive these guys. I will tell you, I, I also heard Bill would be interested in the job. Uh, and we'll see. I think they're potentially better fits. But, you know, sometimes those better fits don't want the job or don't want it coming to terms. So, yeah, I wouldn't rule Bill out. Uh, in my mind, this guy, uh, the search begins with him, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think. James Franklin. I completely agree. I just uh, got through telling a, a college coach on the phone just a few minutes ago before we started this pod that I had uh, three candidates that I would take any of those three versus the field. Um, and James Franklin is at the center of that trio. I know we're going to discuss the other two as well. But um, look, he's a proven program builder. He's done it at impossible to win at places such as Vanderbilt. He's taken Penn State to an even greater level than what O'Brien was able to take it when he took over that program in rough shape. And he's naturally a marketer. He's naturally a guy that sells and sizzles instantly make USC the most relevant it's been, you know, in, in close to a decade. James is the guy that UCLA that Cal, that Stanford, that Oregon doesn't want USC to hire. Um, to me, makes him the front runner. Uh, James has, he, he's got everything that he, every checkbox that USC has, he, he meets them. He, you know, John used the term panache. He's got the panache. He's got the leadership skills. He's got the savvy and, and the experience to be the front man. Uh, every, let's, let's come back to the recruiting in a second. Every, decision maker, everyone who thinks they're a decision maker, everyone who thinks he has influence at USC would love James Franklin. He plays them. He does extremely well in that setting with the donors, uh, with leadership of the university. He gets them all excited and, and they're all on one team. 
James would do that recruiting wise. He works as hard as, as I've never seen anybody work as hard as James does in recruiting. He's unbelievable at it, honestly. Uh, and he does it without breaking a sweat. He's just constantly grinding on recruiting. Uh, his staff does it outside of the spotlight. They do it uh, behind the scenes. They just grind and they grind to recruiting and developing. Um, he, he has no ego guys and they're just fantastic. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that James would be a home run if they can get him. Uh, this guy has no connections to USC or the West Coast, but lots of connections to the USC athletic director, Luke Fickle. Yeah, again, um, he has no connections to USC and the West Coast, but what he did to jumpstart his career in that interim year at Ohio State, I think was remarkably impressive. I think what he has been able to now do at Cincinnati, he's a really good recruiter too. He's also proved that he can surround himself with really elite coaches. And obviously Mike Bond is very familiar with how Luke Fickle runs a program. He's been uh, running an incredibly up and up program, one that does things by all the Cincinnati coaches that I talked to. And I talked to a Cincinnati high school coach just yesterday. Um, the guy's reputation is sterling. I think that the next coach at USC is going to have some work to do in terms of uh, getting with those high school coaches throughout the state of California, but particularly there in the metro LA area. I think that's an area where Luke Fickle would succeed. And, and look, he's turned Cincinnati into an incredibly good job, and it's a job where other coaches have won there and springboarded into be better things. Um, I think Luke Fickle has turned it into a level of program that none of those other guys has. Cincinnati is now on the verge of becoming a Power 5 program. I think that's something uh, to monitor. But I like Luke Fickle as a strong candidate for this job because of what he brings and because of his ties to Mike Bond. Luke is going to get paid in connection with this opening. I don't know if it would be by USC or somewhere else. Uh, could be at Sensi, could be somewhere else. Uh, I think he's highly sought after. He's proven now. You know, he really he, – he took a lot of heat for his time as the interim guy at Ohio State. I actually thought he did a really nice job in an incredibly difficult situation. Um, he's beloved by a lot of people in the coaching profession. USC is a different place. Uh, Los Angeles is a different place. I don't know if it's the right fit or not, but if they decide it is, he's going to work his tail off and make sure they're as good as they could possibly be. Um, and, and I'll tell you, the uh, the Cincinnati high school coaches already uh, kind of have their own theories floating, and it's fascinating. It's why I love being uh, fortunate enough to work for Football Scoop is because um, the network expands so much and, and people want to talk, and I love talking to, to high school coaches and coaches of all levels. But don't discount the uh, – if James Franklin ends up being the guy – don't discount the domino effect that creates. And I promise you, Luke Fickle becomes a top three candidate immediately at Penn State if James Franklin goes to USC. Uh, this guy is a hot name given what we all saw Saturday, Mario Cristobal. That would be um, when, I, when I mentioned earlier that I would take three names versus the field. Cristobal is the third of those three names. We just named them in a row, Franklin, Fickle, and Cristobal. I think there's... Um, uh, a lot to like about Mario Cristobal. I spoke with a former USC tra uh, staffer within the past 24 hours. He told me, quote, bro, it's no question. Mario Cristobal, that's who nobody would want to see them hire. He has brought the SEC to the West Coast. He has the model. 
that's who they should hire beginning end. So those were comments from somebody who worked a long time at USC, who knows the landscape both at that school and the Pac-12. I found that very enlightening. I am uh, curious about the money elements of that. Um, according to industry people that I talked to, they owe Clay Helton approximately $10 million in buyout money. It's another three to $5 million or so in buyout money for his staff if there's an entirely different switchover um, from the assistant coach's standpoint. And then Mario, as we all know, got that new deal earlier this year when Auburn was trying to kick down his door. And I believe it would cost him around $9 million to exit Oregon prior to January 22nd, 2022. Mario would be beloved if he was the guy they went to get. Uh, Mario has, he, he's ingrained immediately uh, within the Oregon community. Obviously the players are first, but Phil Knight second. And I don't see Phil making it real easy for him to go down there. Uh, it would be a, I don't know, if they go get, if they sell him, that's a wow to me. Uh, personally, I think James Franklin is a better fit. I think Mario is right there. I think Mario is a better fit than Luke Fickle, personally. Uh, Mario would be Mario would be considered a home run if they get him. I, don't, I just don't see him getting out of Oregon all that easily right now. Uh, this guy is killing it in the Sun Belt. Would he want to move west? Billy Napier. You know, he's a guy that until he takes a job, he's probably going to have some oblique mentions in all of these jobs. I don't think he's the top candidate for USC. I don't think he's top three, but the guy is a flat out fabulous football coach. And as I pointed out in our story, he has the work under both Dabo Swinney and Nick Saban. That's a heck of a trait to have on your resume and to know what those two programs do inside out in recruiting and then be able to take that to a place like Southern Cal that frankly has more recruiting advantages than Clemson or Alabama. So that to me um, is a key element that makes Billy Napier intriguing to watch with this opening, Scott. Yeah, Billy did really well at Arizona State. He knows the lay of the land out there. There's no doubt in my mind he could do it. And Billy's a, he's fantastic. He's a great football coach. He could do great out there. I think the thing working against Billy in this one is the similarities to Clay Helton. You know, he's a, he's a southeastern guy, just a good old. He's a great human being. You know, father was a coach. Uh, it sounds like you're describing Clay Helton, and I'm not sure the USC support. No, they don't. The next they don't want Clay Helton Jr. That's my concern. You never know what happens. You know when. When the athletic director and the president of the university get together and, and they meet the guy and they say, that's my guy, you throw out, oh, he's he's like a Clay Hilton 2.0. If if Billy really wants to jump and it's just the right fit, could it happen? Absolutely. I think it, it's working against him. He's, he's very similar to Clay. Uh, this guy has been mentioned for just about every job under the sun. Uh, hasn't taken him yet. Matt Campbell. Yeah, you know, and, and Matt Campbell, I think, is a guy that, that would have been higher up on the list, probably alongside of a, uh, a James Franklin, had this cycled open a year ago when um, going into the COVID-shortened 2020 season. I think a lot of us believed that USC had a chance of coming open at that time. And obviously, if they're firing Clay Helton two games into this season, there was a chance it would come open last fall. Um, so Matt Campbell is a guy that is just a proven program builder. He has a great personality and he does a great job 
of developing players. Southern Cal has so much talent. And when I talk to coaches who, you know, sleep away more knowledge than I'll ever have, they talk about the need for Southern Cal to not only keep that talent that it has, but better develop it. I think that's an area where Matt Campbell flourishes. I believe people would heap praise if they were able to hire Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell just, what do I know? It just doesn't seem like a Los Angeles type guy to me. Just doesn't seem like the one that he wants to jump for. I don't know, uh, but it would certainly be, it would be considered a, a wonderful hire if it happens. Yeah, I would just yes. say, I completely agree. Sorry, Zach. I would just say, yeah, I don't necessarily think it's an ideal fit for him, but I think it speaks to the USC job. I think the USC job is probably a top four, no worse than top six job in all of college football. And if you're Matt Campbell, you're obligated to listen for an opportunity like that if it's presented to you. I believe, yeah, no doubt. One of the reasons why we say that it's such a good job is so many college coaches these days, you hear they're getting burned out on the 24 7, 365 recruiting grind. It's not necessarily like that at SC. At SC, you're recruiting in a car or a helicopter very locally. You're sleeping in your bed every night that you want to. You're not traversing the country to go find players uh, unless there's a certain individual you want to go see for whatever reason. But there's enough talent right there uh, in the region. So people love that. Also, not just specific to SC, but the whole Pac-12. It's whereas in Alabama, it, Alabama football is 365. In the Pac-12, they have seasons, <laughs> and and there's a time where there's just not such a focus on the football program, and a lot of coaches like that. Even though they might be grinding still, they like being behind the scenes. They like having the time to go out and cultivate the program, cultivate the players without the media spotlight on them. And SC, you know, it's it's a, a private institution that's walled. Uh, you know who's on campus, who's not on campus. There's a lot of great benefits and perks to that job. Uh, last guy on our list, uh, major wild card, won the Pac-12 more recently than USC has, Chris Peterson. You know, Southern Cal had interest in Chris Peterson before. I don't know that he wants to get back into coaching, um, but when I did the research on Chris Peterson, obviously I was familiar with his career, but when I when I did the research for us, and saw that he has 10 double-digit win seasons, I believe, in 14 years as a head coach or his last 14 years as a head coach. That's flat-out phenomenal to me. He obviously is deeply rooted in the West. He is a name brand all across the West. He turned Boise completely into a household name brand. Um, so for all of those reasons, I think Chris Peterson um, deserves a long and hard look and would be – another incredibly strong hire for USC if it chose to go that route, Scott. Chris Peterson is flat out one of the best football coaches I've ever seen. He's he's fantastic. Um, his family situation is interesting. SE, I think, where or Los Angeles would be one of the places he would consider living and working. Uh, I, I don't know if he's ready to jump back in or not. Uh, I don't think it's I, – I, I would completely expect him to be in consideration for the job. I don't know if, if he jumps back in for it or not, but – I think they'd be crazy not to consider him. All right. I've got three guys that were not on our list, but have been uh, percolating out there. Uh, first up, PJ Fleck. Program salesman. Um, you know, for sure, he he's a marketing whiz. I don't know that you can row a boat for the men of Troy, but um, 
<laughs> you know, um, I get why he's on some lists out there. I just think he would be further down USC's list. Um, but look, the guy is a proven winner, um, and he builds up programs. And he would he would probably work harder than anybody to get additional spotlight on that USC program because it fights for headlines and it fights for news space um, in the LA market. I agree with everything you said. I don't think he's the right fit uh, just because of upper management at USC, not necessarily because of PJ, but I just don't think he's the right fit. Could he do great out there? Absolutely. I just don't think he's the right fit. Uh, this guy's won a lot, uh, won a lot in the Pac-12, hasn't uh, won the Pac-12 yet. Um, Kyle Whittingham. Ooh, I got thoughts here on this one. First of all, Kyle's hair looks fantastic. I just saw it on the broadcast for the first time. I've known Kyle for a long time. I have never seen him with that that style hair. My man looks good. I was like, I, I, I'm watching the BYU game, and I go, man, I wonder if he's grooming for the SC job. I mean, he looks more like a Los Angeles dude. I really said that to my wife. I'm like, hey, look at this. Um, Kyle, seriously good football coach. Uh, he also could handle – he could handle the donors, uh, all the stuff that comes to being the USC head football coach. He could handle all that stuff and also have a staff that just grinds and works and develops players. Kyle, Kyle would be on my list if I was the athletic director of guys I wanted to speak with about the opportunity. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, everything about Kyle uh, and what he's done at that Utah program screams that he would be successful at USC. He's turned down other opportunities, a lot of them, certainly um, a decade ago, Tennessee um, felt like it had Kyle Whittingham locked up and then Tennessee completely botched it, which is just, you know, emblematic of the entire past decade for the University of Tennessee. Since then, I think Kyle has been incredibly selective uh, and really not even entertained nearly as many jobs as he could have. So for that, he he's kind of one of those leaders of the brigade of college football coaches who has been really smart enough to figure out the work-life balance and to figure out when you have a great thing right where you are. I really, really respect and love that about Kyle and what he's done with Utah. All right. Uh, my final guy is uh, even taking an NFL job hasn't got people stopped, top, stopped people from speculating about him taking a college job. Urban Meyer. I think the ridicule would be too much, honestly. I, Maybe, I don't know. I, I can't. You know, I've owned football scoop for 13 plus years, 14 years, and I always stop when I'm about to say I can't imagine it because, of course, I can imagine it. It would not be a very wise life decision for Urban. He'd just be ridiculed forever, and he'd struggle to get it thriving out there. I think he'd struggle to build a staff. Um. He, he wasn't even able to build the staff that he wanted in Jacksonville. If he now jumps one year in and goes, it just it, it's not a good move. So. And here's all I would say quickly as we get ready to wrap up here is that, look, Texas kicked the tires repeatedly on Urban Meyer this past coaching cycle. Urban Meyer, I don't think, from, from people I talk to who are incredibly close to Urban Meyer, I don't think he has any interest in recruiting again. I don't think he has any interest in diving into the name, image, and likeness as it continues to unfold. Um, and I don't think Urban Meyer, as competitive as he is, would want to walk out on an NFL job after just one year. So that name's out there everywhere. 
The Eric Bieniemy name is out there a lot. Um, I think Eric Bieniemy should be an NFL head coach. I don't see Urban Meyer leaving after one year in Jacksonville. I just don't. Zach, I'll tell you, there are going to be other names that we haven't even discussed. You know, I think the ones we discussed are extremely logical. There will be other names, and it's their agent's job for there to be other names. You know, agents are just salivating that this is open. They're so excited. Just created so much leverage across the country. Somehow, Lane Kiffin's name will be involved. Okay? Mm -hmm. It will. And Lane's going to get paid somewhere. It might be at Ole Miss. It might be somewhere else. It might be at SC. Who knows? But that's these guys are so excited. Every agent, I mean, they did the cha-cha dance. I hate to say it, but this is an opportunity for agents to use leverage and make a lot of money for their clients. So it'll be a fun one to watch, and we'll certainly keep everybody posted. Any closing thoughts, guys? No, this is uh, this is a fun pod. Uh, this is one of uh, my favorite ones that we've done out of our first five. It's hard to believe less than two full weeks into the season. Um, that we're already two FBS coaching openings, but here we are, and I think that's a portend of things to come. Yeah, this is uh, the first of many USC pods I think we're going to do over the next two, four, six months. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. I'm going to wrap it up. I like to keep this brief here. Football Scoop Podcast. Uh, we love doing this. Hope you enjoy doing it. Uh, we love for you to um, like, subscribe, all those fun things you're supposed to do with podcasts. Find us on Apple, Spotify, everywhere else in the world, we believe. Um, hope everybody has a wonderful day, and we will keep you guys posted. Footballscoop.com. We're out.